Hello, everyone. This is Elijah Ignatieff of the School of Conscious Communication and the New Paradigm Toolkit. And I'm here with Ramayan, who is the founder of basically a new platform for creation. And we're here today to discuss uh, where you're at in your process and what is your, let me ask you a question. What is your greatest challenge that you're facing right now? No, I'm facing a couple of challenges. I think one is um, having such a vast vision, having such a vast vision of what I want to bring into the world and realizing that when you have a business, you have limited amount of money and limited burn rate and everybody needs to get paid. And while you want to solve all of the society's challenges, you really have to pick one thing and do one thing really well. And if you do that one thing really well for one market and really nail it, you can really grow and expand. And you have the credibility, the use case, the user stories, the users on your platform to grow. But I've been in a bit of a pattern of like boiling the ocean, being like, hey, if all this system doesn't have all of these components and it's not launching and that's just not how things are done in the world of tech, in the world of development, you have to bring a minimum viable product to market that serves an addressable market with a clear product need, get feedback, grow it and build from there. And so moving into that frame, moving into that understanding for me as a systems architect has been my biggest challenge, I would say. Hmm. So what have you focused upon? Uh, a lot of things. That's the thing. Like We have like six products right now, actually. We have an asynchronous video collaboration platform. We have an IP protocol and new licensing structures for content for how we can create a decentralized content library. We have a short form video meme app that we built. We have, um, you know, so many pieces. We have a platform now called Creation, which is a, uh, we call it communal network. And I think this is really, if I've come down to it, it's like, this is now the core. This is the seed. And the seed is, this space, this community space that you have right behind you, right? Yeah. So you have community space, group space, personal space, one-on-one -on -one space. Um, social networks for a long time were about your personal space. They're about you. They were about, hey, this is me. I'm going to project an image of me. Everything about this is about me. And it's about how many followers I have, how many likes I have, how much engagement I have. It's me, me, me. Then over time, it started to create group spaces. And it started to create pages, which are community spaces, right? Um, but those spaces really weren't built to nurture deep relationships in the community. They weren't built to build projects together. They weren't built to optimize the gift and skills of people in your community. They were really just built for the community owner or the moderators to share content and everybody else to like and comment. And that was engagement. And that was what was considered interaction. And so those are de facto communities. It's really hard to call a page or a Facebook group really a community. They have essences of community. They have, you know, glimmers of community. Um, and so for a while, I really thought it was about the group space. It was about projects. It was about bringing projects into fruition. It was about bringing products into market in a new way. But the more and more I've sat with it, the more I've realized, no, this is actually about the community space. And the greatest transformation, I feel, comes in the ability for a community to self-realize itself. Mm. Right? for a community to understand who it is, and for a community who's aligned in values, for a community who's aligned in intention and outcome and purpose, on some level, to be able to come together around a shared vision or goal and create together. Right? That if we, can, if we can create the space for that to occur, um, 
I feel like that is such a great quantum leap civilizationally. Um, and so we've been focused on that. And um, when it comes down to community, it is, you know, the questions of who's setting up the community? Who's that person? What is their intention, their objectives and outcome for the community? Who's allowed into that inner circle, i.e. co-creators, admin moderators? Who do you want to participate in the community? Uh, what is your relationship as the creator to that community, right? Because you may have communities that are built around a creator. You have communities that are built around a project, right? Where the community just serves as a, you know, a way for people to communicate and connect. But really, most of the revenue and most of the input is going to the creator, mm. right? Um, and so we say community, but there's such a divergent divergence in community types and intention, objectives, and outcomes and purpose. Uh, for those communities. So I think that this is a real moment to really define what community types we are looking for for our platform um, and which ones are not and which are the best community use cases. Because the way we see this platform is that the communities are going to create projects, that group spaces are going to come out of communities, but group spaces can come and go, products can come and go, projects can come and go, but community is what remains. And I think a big part of the fallacy of building community around a product is that it's temporal. It's only there just for the outcome of that particular product. And when it's done, it's not, you kind of disappear. So is it really a community? I don't know. I really like the idea of taking your time to build this strong community of engaged people who have similar values and who believe in things together, who want to create together. And out of that, you create products. And I know you've been saying this for fucking ever, Elijah. I mean, you've been harping this for 15 years since I first met you. Um, and it's taken me some time to come around to understand that. But here we are. So we, we discussed in the past, again, mm -hmm. looking at the categories of the communities. And let's say if a one person who's a creator creates a community, it's very different than if a team creates a community. It's very different than if a uh, a city creates a community or some sort of mm -hmm. landmark creates a community. How mm -hmm. are you going to distinguish these starting points in creation? I don't know yet. That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, actually, was mm -hmm. exactly that. How do we distinguish those starting points? How do we create a reference map for community types, whether it's individual community city or whether it is, you know, by, you know, a sports team creates a community, a brand a company creates a community an individual artist creates a community a you know hobby group creates a community so what is the kind of layers okay wants to monetize doesn't want to monetize you know you know or um you know uh, uh, wants to be private or wants to be public you know Mm. Um, is focused around a single artist or a single group or the main monetizers or is very much we want all our funds to be community centric so is it artist centric or is it like democratic community centric mm. you know or so I'm looking at how do I create these uh, categories and these systems so that I can understand okay this person's here they flow through here you know and these are the best people and the best communities and we know this is our ideal target community group that if they fit these parameters, they fit right within our early adopter. Well, who are you looking for, right? Like, let's say, aside from the categories, uh, who are you kind of looking for in terms of your beta program that you have? Have we lost you? Sorry, one second. We just had a, you just realized you lost a lot of data right now, right? 
and I did, yeah. the ability of teams and communities to get access to each other's data, to get our files, to like one of the things which I'm hoping creation has is a, is a methodology to share the data and information and knowledge in a way that's, let's say, we can trust it. We can have it in a place where it's not going to get lost. We can have it in a place where other people can access different levels of it. I'm just wondering about how much, how much is going into that platform around that type of sort of file folder sharing. Right. Almost nothing right now. Again, it's like we can't hide boiling the ocean, right? Like that problem to solve is a multi-billion dollar problem alone. You know, there's so many problems to solve in this space that we have to just take one thing at a time. We have to solve one problem at a time. And if we can solve one problem really well for a really clear addressable market, we can build out, you know, and I think every great product has solved one or two max problems really well. Like every product we use, Gmail or the CRM software or whatever, like you solve something, you solve for something. And even with a vision this grand, we have to solve for something. And um, if I'm really like granular, I think right now, Web3, really blew up and crypto blew up nfts blew up people are like wow there's a new way for us to share wealth there's a new way for creators to be able to make money again there's a new way for the artistic economy to be able to flourish nfts created a whole new system of um of, of value and ownership and access so i own an nft i have access to this club i have access into this group I hold an NFT and I have tons of status. I have a Bordy of Yacht Club NFT. It gives me status and it gives me access. It doesn't really give me money yet, but it gives me status and access. Now, the problem was, is that most of the people who created NFT projects took a bunch of money and ran off with it, right? They didn't do anything. They promised everything under the sun. And at the end of the day, when you invested in a project, there was very little security or credibility or understanding of who the people were, who was behind it, you know? and your, the, the fact that you could participate in any meaningful way. So that is the problem. If we're gonna granularize the problems, solution to that is a system where your NFT sales go into a public treasury, where the community is able to have access to share those funds that get raised. And the community also has voting privileges and the capacity to be able to make decisions and potentially earn some of that capital back for contributing and participating. So it doesn't just go into a one person's wallet that can then just be rug pulled, right? Um, so that in a very granular technological level is a, is a problem solution that we have. Now, because of that solution, it enables a lot of behaviors. It enables um, you know, this community space to have funds, to be able to launch group pages and projects it enables you to be able to have the ability to purchase individuals' products and projects. It enables all the behavior of how a community can operate as a company. Um, and so, you know, the potential is pretty much endless where we can go with that. So let me get this straight, because you, you're essentially creating a container to do business that's not like it has been before, right? It's not like a corporation mm -hmm. yep. because of what you just said. Yeah. And so if artists are going to, because you have a beta project you're about to launch, right? Yeah. So you're looking for specific types of people or organizations to participate. Yeah. Can you give a little bit information about the types of organizations or people you're looking for? Yeah. I mean, we just did a, a contest, a pitch contest in Las Vegas, and it was a Web3 Expo. And the reason why we were at the Web3 Expo is because we were 
at least in this beta phase, looking for communities that had exposure to Web3. Yeah, exposure to Web3. Um, and the reason why is because we don't have to educate them as much about wallets and setups and what is an NFT and what is a whatever, right? Um, so initially, we're looking for more Web3 savvy communities. Um, and we're looking for projects that are interested in um, creating deeper community engagement with their existing communities or projects that want to do an NFT sale and have an existing community. So if you're a Web3 project or even a Web2 project that has a big existing community that has Web3 savviness, that wants to do an NFT sale, that wants to build deeper engagement in your community, that wants to build deeper possibilities of your community having uh, economic advancement and benefit, then you're probably a right fit for working with us. Uh, one of the beta creators we're working with right now, just start, just starting to work with, are called Meta Wizards, um, and they're a really cool Web three game. They have about twenty thousand people in their community. I think they've sold over four thousand NFTs, and they're a whole racing game that's built around building this whole IP around wizards. And everybody gets to participate, and the whole community decides the direction of the project together, and it's working really well. And so they're really looking to um, what does it look like to take that community a few levels deeper. How do we give them the tools that really empower them to grow? Because mm. like with that container, you you kind of like Ning used to be, right? Are you going to have plugins, right? Of different sort of organizational tools, individual tools, community tools that are all going to be available depending, I guess, some you pay for, some that you don't. Because, I mean, aren't you kind of creating the central reference point for organizing that community for business, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. So you're you're taking the 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 you're moving from software functionality into a higher level of actually community focused related issues and the almost like creating a bank for each community, right? Exactly. It's exactly what we're doing. So I'm just wondering how is that going to sort of interact with I think another direction that's happening of, of central bank digital currencies and digital IDs. Just so I think the, first of all, we need to take power back for our digital IDs. Okay. So uh, DID is decentralized identity. So decentralized identity means you own your keys, you own your identity, you as the individual own your access keys and all of your wallets, all of your identification, all of your certifications, everything is owned by your decentralized identity. And that becomes the way that you log into systems. We need to make sure that decentralized identity, and we are working on this internally as a team, our CTO is one of the leaders in decentralized identity right now. But if we bring forth decentralized identity protocols before the government does it, and make it en masse, then you know we'll avoid a takeover, ideally. Right. Cross your fingers, right? So um, the central bank digital currencies are concerning to me just because of kind of trackability of money. Mm. Um, however, all crypto already is that. So I don't see a central bank digital currency as being that much different than what already is there. I mean, you already have so many stable coins, right? USDT, USDC, DAI, USDD. All of these are essentially saying that they hold the US dollar as a backing. They're the main stable coins in crypto. In some ways, it's not a bad thing for the central bank to be like, yeah, don't worry, we're backing it ourselves. 
So I don't see that as that horrible. Um, I just, you know, if it's coming at the exclusion of cryptocurrencies, if they're trying to wipe out other cryptocurrencies and take over, then yeah, I think we got to be really fucking concerned and watch out for anti-competitive behavior. And I think um, there's not, I don't think that's going to go down as easily in the US. I think there'll be a lot of lawsuits if they try to do that. Um, I don't think it'll go down that well. Um, and I don't think they want it to, I don't think they want it either. And I can go into a whole reason of why I don't think they want to cancel crypto and why cryptos are actually really good for the United States um, in many ways. Um, I am more concerned about the authoritarian countries, which are basically shutting it all down uh, because they know that it affects their ability to maintain the hegemony of power. Well, isn't it like the brick, like the, those five countries have created a, a currency based based upon gold and silver, right? Yeah, bricks. And so the American dollar is going to, like, that's the main thing of the background of everything going on, I think, is you know, like currency battle. And I get yeah. it. I mean, it just sounds like there's a, a time issue in terms of this decentralized identity, that, that that's a, a key reference point in terms of having each human being kind of maintain their sovereignty as opposed to being uh, sort of uh, inside the government system still and, and having no power over what we actually create. So it, that seems to be what your, like a, another underlying foundational thing that your platform is going to do. You know, I, there's certain things I want to talk about on, the, on camera and there's certain things I don't, um, meaning there's certain things that I see happening in the future that I'd rather just watch and see happen. There's right. certain things that I'll predict about where these things are going. But what I will say is that once you have a platform that has tens of thousands of communities transacting billions of dollars a day in a completely decentralized way across the planet with decentralized identity and treasuries, there come some possibilities of what you can do with that. That it's very different than the place I'm standing right now. For sure. Just leave it at that. For sure. So, what are your next moves? Like, where where are you at in your development? And um, what place are you about in terms of entering the market? I guess with your beta tests. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, we're still very much in MVP one development of our platform. You know, we've got a lot of the UI screens designed. You know, we have a team working, building a lot of the core blockchain components. Like we already have the NFT DAO V1 built. And, you know, we're having membership minting contracts to connect to your DAO, to connect to voting, to connect to your multi-sig wallet and treasury. And it's a whole architecture map of the blockchain side of it that's being developed. Um, and so right now we have a, a pretty good group of beta communities that are interested in using our platform. I think it's for us really identifying the user journey really clearly through our system, um, testing that user journey with our users. Um, we're working on creating a really robust feature map and then testing that feature map against what communities will need. Um, so we're really building with the communities and the beta creators in mind rather than building at an abstraction of what they're gonna need. So I think the next few weeks are really, you know, tonight, you know, Shaq and our product manager have a call with one of our beta communities. And, you know, there's a, a, a bunch swirling in that field. Um, I think that, you know, I also would love to have a conversation with uh, with you and our product manager at some point as well. I think it'd be really useful. 
Key, who just get on a call and jab. Be good to have a jab session. Good of you to meet him. Yeah, Ray, I, I sent a message to Shaq to meet. Yeah, if you want to start having me, like, I just got an office. I, I yeah, great. From the basement, I'm going to have a nice the command center I have a place for, so mm -hmm. I'll be able to be a lot more functional. Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of content for Shaq, I think it's going to be amazing um, for you to just send him what you send me because you're constantly trend watching. You're constantly spotting what's like actually happening in the moment. You're looking at who the best accounts and creator. You have a really good eye and you always have. I mean, since day one, you've always had a really good content creation eye and an understanding of what should be captured and how and what's trending and why. And that's kind of his job now. So okay, okay, working with yeah. him on that would be amazing. Yeah, because I I am so drawn to tracking tick like I'm on three four five hours like sometimes four hours a day and I'm just right I take the good ones I take you know I, I'm saving please I'm, please have a folder where we are or a thing or a chat where you just drop them and well I've know, got so thousands like I've got thousands I think like on my hard drive because for the last three years I've just been you know during this whole COVID you know just getting evidence or getting you know there's so many good content creators on TikTok. You know, and, and they're, they've got such a wide spectrum, but when something's moving through the whole thing, which is like, you know, with the stuff about vaccinated, right, where the Pfizer admitted they didn't test it, you know, that's, that is, that, I've seen 20 videos where it's stitched showing what actually happened when the guy confronted the, the Pfizer exec, you know, in the European Union. And so many different people are having, you know, from Russell Brand, who, you know, has 5 million people watching to Joe Blow, who's got, you know, 50. But it's it's like there's such a power in that decentralized media system. There is. That uh, I'm just currently I'm just fascinated because I'm just get there, there's so much there's so much going on the planet right now, you know, especially with China, Russia and, you know, possibility of war, you know, with what's going on with the Ukraine and NATO and um and you're getting, and for, probably for the first time, you're getting both sides. Like it isn't, Putin isn't completely canceled out. I mean, they're trying to, but you know, there, there's there's a history there, right? There, there's there's a lot of underlying reasons why war is occurring, and usually you just get the propaganda, mm -hmm. you know. And now, you know, but but you, I had my TikTok account shut down. I was getting some traction. Uh, all of a sudden, it's, it's just, they just erased me. You know, I've heard other people it happening too, and they have 10, 15 cap, but this first time it was actually like just no warning, nothing. And, you know, what was I talking about? I'm just talking about, you know, the, my own perspective on this whole COVID pandemic thing. And now the conspiracy like that. that we're being. You can't say that online anymore. You know, no, to. no, and it's, you know, it's for someone of my own age, it's like pre computer and pre, like we watched it all. Now to watch these big tech companies censor like this is just pathetic. I mean, let me ask you about this: how how strong a component is media going to be within that community? Like I see, like, like the ability to communicate within the community, between the teams, inside the team, outside to the community. These are all different channels, and uh, I know I put a lot of attention upon this. And there's some things I want to show you that. Take into account, I think, all the possibilities of communication, and I think the communication system is huge because the, the, these tech platforms—they're very unsophisticated. I find they're yeah. 
um, media is a huge part of our of, of, the, of the game. And this is why I feel like architecture-wise is going to be so important of how we architect it. Um, what I would like to do really is I'm really looking to create a buffer where each community is a membership-based community because each community is a membership-based community. They're completely self-sovereign and responsible for their own media and their own content, right? Meaning if it's harmful or whatever content, the community members should flag and have to flag. The only times that we will come in externally is when there's, you know, obviously things that are flagged highly, like somebody's trying to do like a terrorism operation or they're doing child pornography or, you know, there's things out there that require an external system or a platform to come and really alert authorities. And there are those cases. They are valid. And mm -hmm. you need to have a policy around that shit. Uh, but for the rest of the stuff, we don't want to censor free speech, man. Whatever, like whatever it is, like whether it's COVID or whether it's supposed toxic masculinity or like if you want to be in a community to do that, then you be in a community to do that. That's your call. It's your membership based community. You know, you're in the, your own legal gray zone. If somebody wants to come in and, you know, knock you down, that's, that's your call. Um, but I think free speech is, is critical and we should really protect it at all costs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so yeah, that's our take on it. Mm. So we've talked about having uh, weekly chats like this to sort of tell the story or show the story of what's going on. I, I would like to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by your process and seeing you guys making big leaps, right? You got a very strong team now. You went to Las Vegas. I think what you did there was a, a huge win. And I, I just think there's a big audience to watch your platform get seen by the world. Like it's, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think that it's when people really understand the significance of what you're offering, not just the money grabber. I mean, uh, people have so little trust that you have good intentions, right? I know. And the, <laughs> it's, it's, it's massive because there's, there's no trust. And, exactly. And, and Especially in web, you know. We, we know each other quite well. You know, we've known each other 15 years and, and both of us are working on systems for the people. Like, and, and there are people out there who are like that. And, you know, it's, it's such a, a jump away from the capitalistic, we're only in it for the money kind of thing because those systems are created everything that is kind of killing us now. So I would just like to put forward to anyone listening right now that if you're an artist or you're an organization, that maybe fits the bill in terms of perhaps being a beta tester um, to, to contact Ramayan and his uh, creation crew, because I think it's a massive opportunity that you guys are sitting on a, a sort of a, not quite a gold mine, but a, a way to formulate the new paradigm, a way to create a fair system, something that is good for everyone involved. And it's a, a sort of like a reward by merit, right? Like, I mean, these systems are already out there. They're, they're already mm -hmm. working quite well in some ways. And so you're just sort of formalizing it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And, you know, there's some people that are really, like D-Work, I'm just so, like, impressed by what they're doing. They're really creating an organizational layer for the project side of the DAO, you know, and for how you do it and how you prepare it and how you set bounties and how you award grants and how you create this, you know, this system. And, you know, I'm all about it. I just think that we're not fully there yet. Um, I just think that there's a bridge to that world. And that bridge is, you know, this web 2.5, this like, you know, 
place where people can still have authority in their products. You want to bring your product to the world. If you want to bring your thing, you don't want everybody to have an equal vote from day one. Like, no, you don't actually want that. Um, and I think there's an over, there's like an over, like we, we idealize things like we idealize communism. And in fact, communism in our ideal was very different than social behavior dynamics were at the time. So we espouse this ideal of communism, but secretly humans are humans and wanted to maintain very strict power control dynamics. And it actually created one of the biggest ruptures and one of the biggest tragedies in the last hundred years, which is actually the root of so much human exploitation is this idea of communism. And so I really want to highlight that. And I think that's really important to just acknowledge because these ideas of DAOs are amazing, decentralized, autonomous organizations. Doesn't that sound so good to be decentralized and autonomous? And it's like, well, kind of, right? Like autonomous to the degree where there's certain things that function intelligently, but like you want humans, you don't want to be a fucking AI. And decentralized, like, yeah, yeah, it's good to not, you know, be fully centralized, but you need core nodes, you need master nodes. And if you don't have master nodes, it's very hard to create continuity in a structure and a system, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you have a big tree, you have a big tree in the forest and you have a lot of little trees, right? Those old growth forests, they have a reason. There's a purpose for them being there. You don't just go into a forest and fucking cut down the old growth and say, it's all new growth. The whole forest is decentralized. And it's like, well, like not fully actually, there's a bridge. And so I think what we're trying to do is give people the security of knowing that, hey, this is your baby, this is your project, this is your community. You can steward it until you're fully ready to hand it off to the community. And we give them that phase decentralization progression where at some point they can just press one button and then all the community can have all the votes, right? Um, so that's totally possible to do, but there's a gradient in that time. And moving from a follower to a family, it's all about being like, if I do more, if I complete more, if I build more trust in the system, I build more access, more reputation, more esteem until I get to that place where I'm like, yeah, fucking me and Elijah, I put in 15 years to get here. Like I put in 15 years, you know, working together with you. And maybe at this point, you trust me to be on the multi-sig with you in the inflow matrix and school of conscious communication, just because of hours put in and being here together. Right. And, and same vice versa. You know, like I'd fully trust you to be part of the multi-sig for creation because I trust you. We've had enough hours in being here. But you can't just say that everybody has that. Yeah. You know, especially if you're building something that has a lot of, you know, impact and significance. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that little piece. Well, it's important because, you know, like you can't get away from, I think, common sense. And if you have, let's say, uh, a master carpenter who's on the site and this master carpenter knows how to build a house and you've got 10 laborers who work maybe six months in the carpentry business, it's not the same. And that master carpenter is necessary and you've got to listen to the master carpenter. And, and if you're labor and you want equal vote with the master carpenter, it's not based upon knowledge that you've earned. It's not based upon the truth of your impact. And so if that isn't taken into account, then it's 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 ridiculous. But then if you have a CEO who's making 400 times that laborer and the actual CEO isn't participating in that particular project <laughs> and, and that CEO is taking 80% of the profit, that doesn't work, right? So, exactly. you know, there, there ha I, I think when you're building new systems, you know, there's a lot of trial and error and you have to test it out and you have to see if that's it's working. Thing. And I think that's, that, that's where you're at right now, right? You've got to- It really is. 
you gotta like, test it's it out. A point, it's reached a point where like any more philosophizing like on the system is like almost useless. It's like you just gotta give a core tool into the hands of the users and see how they want to use it and get feedback from them. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is whether it's scope creep or just the ability to integrate any other thing right now. Like there's so many different platforms that you can integrate with, right? That you, you can have a CRM, you can have a, um, an email or whatever. Like that's the, like whatever I was playing with about the inflow matrix was that because there's so many different parts, you have to have some sort of language structure mm -hmm. that's above the parts that then yeah. figures out how did these parts come together? Because if you're using YouTube as your video loading tool, but then YouTube can shut you down. Maybe you want BitChute or maybe you want like any of these other video uploaders, right? Mm -hmm. And so you as, as a, a platform is deciding upon which of these web tech web tech functionality tools are going to plug into what you're creating. Mm -hmm. and, th and that's, I think, you know, no one has, I, I think, quite done that from a point of view of having a full business system. No. Right? Like it's always a tool to go to some abstract business that you're running, but you got to put all the parts together. Mm -hmm. If I'm correct in my assessment. Of, yeah, I haven't seen anything like that yet. Especially for small business, right? Like the larger businesses have larger, massive, you know, information systems. But and I think this is the biggest thing that's missing. I mean, even if you look at something like Mighty Networks, which is a great platform, right? Um but they don't really allow a lot of API plugins. And so it's limited to whatever functionality you have on the platform. And that's a mistake. Yeah. I think the greatest development in web two were things like Zapier, were things like, you know, creating zaps and if this, then that, where you could create integrations between everything and you could create formulas or recipes that when this happens, then that happens. And those are, those are brilliant. Those are, you know, systems integration connection points is amazing. What we're saying is that here's the watering hole. The watering hole is, where relationships get built, where money gets made, right? That's, you know, those are the two really core foundational things that you, you come to the place where, why do you go to Facebook where you come to see media? Well, yeah, but you're really coming for connection on some level, right? You're coming to feel a sense of dopamine or connection. Who liked me? Who liked my post? Who looked at my stuff? You know, how much, you know, we're, we don't like to think we are, but we're very me-oriented. Right, we're very self-oriented, um, and so yeah, I think having that place is what we're missing in this Web three right now. We don't really have that place, and the, the I think the mistake is that so many Web three platforms have tried to create a blockchain version of Twitter or a blockchain version of Facebook, and it's like people don't want a blockchain version of Facebook. They just fucking like Facebook. It's like. How can you change the nature of the dynamic of interactions towards a purpose, towards a goal, towards actually fucking doing something? Mm. You know? <laughs> well, and and considering that you know these large platforms are now like a button away from shutting you down, turning you off if you go against whatever they think is the the narrative that somehow is connected to reality. How, like? Like, I think that what you have to offer is going to be something real, something that's tangible, something that is actually taking this digital world we're coming into and having something you can rely upon uh, that you can trust. And that's 
His trust is gone. We just nobody trusts nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. And and there has to be something that we can trust to do business together. Well said. I like that. It's good framing. It's interesting you mentioned that because um, I don't know if you saw my post on trust that no. I made today. No. Which on what? Which platform? Uh, where did I put it? Oh, I put it in Slack. Are you part of our Slack? <laughs> you know I hate Slack. I know you hate Slack so much. Okay, I'll just I'll send it to you here. Messenger. It's good. Okay. It was from the five principles of collaboration. The, the third one was trust. Okay. I'll send you those five principles as well here. Are you on Telegram? Uh, not right. It's not, not really. Okay. Okay, so I, I think we've come to the end, at least of uh, what anyone might be willing to watch. But thank yeah. you for, thank you for sharing. Um, and let's let's do this weekly, right? Let's, I, let's I, do that. I, I think... uh, when this is, yeah, let's do this weekly. I'd love to. Okay. Useful. Is there anything else you want to discuss or? Love y'all. If you're watching this far, you're a fucking champion. <laughs> I'll say, you know, if you're watching this far, clearly you should DM one of us and join right. the journey somehow. Yeah, you can join the Very Secret Plan. That's right. the whole thing about the Very Secret Plan <laughs> is if you track it enough to actually know what's going on, you're in the plan. And uh, exactly. there's a lot of benefits to being in the plan, but most people, they don't even realize there is one. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, so we'll see you later, Mr. Ramayan, and we'll see you later, everyone else out there. And Thanks, uh, everyone. We'll see you next week.